Welcome to the Confident Parent Podcast, where we want you to feel confident in raising kids who have a thriving relationship with Jesus. I'm Joshua Humpa, the children's pastor at Discover Church and father of three spectacular kids with my wife, Stephanie. In this episode, we'll share how to not lose your cool with your kids and help you feel like you got this. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Confident Parent Podcast. Man, today's going to be a fun one. This one uh, came out of kind of a personal, (laughs) something that I've been trying to work work through as a dad. And I had a conversation with a guy here in my office. Uh, He's a dad and just sharing his heart. And then I was at dinner with another couple and the dad sharing his heart about this topic as well. And so hopefully this will be very helpful for all you mad dads out there. That's right, the mad dad. But there's a bunch of dudes right now being like, that's me. But ladies, this can also be for you. You may be the smother mother. We're just ready to smother your kids, not with kisses. (laughs) But all of us as parents, we have those times where we are just so mad at our kids. And I don't think any of us, if you're listening to this, you don't want to be mad. You don't want to lose your cool and yell at your kids. And so today, uh, I'm very excited. We're going to be talking about Mad Dad, how to not be a mad dad. Uh, There's a couple of years ago, I had this, we had this great staff devo. I'm not going to share who it is, uh, but one one of the pastors was sharing uh, scripture about emotions and anger. And they're just sharing that, you know, normally they're a very emotionally stable person. You know, don't lose their cool. Um, They can control themselves, (laughs) not very easily angered or do things that are wild and crazy, except for when it comes to his kids. (laughs) And when he was sharing this, I'm like, yes, yes. When it comes to dealing with other people, no problem. But when it comes to my kids, man, they just I fly off the handle. I get so upset so quickly. Um, and so I really resonated with that. And, and the devil was just really sharing about how to be emotionally stable even in those terms. But I could feel that. You know, I think a lot of us, uh, or some of us, we grew up with with mad dads. We, we were scarred from life from having dads that were, felt like they were always mad, right? That they're always yelling at us or they're always just upset with us. My dad's awesome. My dad, my dad could get mad, but right now my dad and I have the best relationship. I love my dad. We're great friends and I'm so thankful for that. Um, and I want my kids to have that kind of relationship with me, right? I don't want to have the kind of relationship with my kids grow up and they're like, dude, my dad was always mad. He was always yelling at us. <laughs> and I don't think you want that as well. I think that's why you're listening because either you saw this and you're like, yes, I need help with how to not be a mad dad or your wife was like, hey, you need to stop being a mad dad. So um, it's one thing to want it, right? And we know, we know, we tell ourselves, I don't want to be a mad dad. I don't want to be yelling at my kids all day. It's not fun for anybody. It's another thing to live it out, right? So today what we're going to do is we're going to explore what scripture says and then we're going to learn how to make those changes in our lives and in our relationships so that we're not mad, that we're not so easily triggered and just yelling at our kids, quick, get your shoes on, we got to (laughs) go or whatever. I told you to clean your room. Uh, How do we stay away from being a mad dad but still having the authority uh, that we're supposed to, especially as dads leading our family? Um, So I'm I'm excited to dive into this. Let's talk about why it's so important to not be such a mad dad. Why why should we not be a mad dad? Well, so we know, all of us, we have no greater responsibility than the stewardship of our children towards the kingdom of God, you know, besides our own relationship with God. And it's important that we make sure that our kids know, know, they know what's right and wrong. They know who Christ is. They know his standards and his expectations for all of us. And um, as dads, the way that we treat our kids will shape the way that they understand God the Father. Oof. 
I know you might be thinking like, man, <laughs> if the kids, if my kids base their idea of who God the Father is based on how I treat my kids, then this has got to change. And some of you, you may have had that. You've gone through that. You've had this misconstrued idea of who God the Father is because of how your father or lack thereof treated you. And so, as this responsibility, we have responsibility both to raise our kids, to love the Lord, and to help them shape and form and understand who God is. And the word is very clear who God is, but when you use God the Father, it has that that attachment to it. Who was my father? How did my father treat me? And then how was God going to treat me based on that? And so, it's important that we're not mad dad, where we're losing our cool and going crazy with it. So, um, if we want our kids to interact with us, if we want our kids to trust us, to be open with us, if we want to have a great relationship with them when they're in their teenage years or even young adult years, when they're having their own kids, right? Or even when we're like 70 and we want our kids to take care of us. Well, this factor, right? Whether or not we were over the top mad at them all the time or holding grudges or yelling all the time, that will influence our relationship with them in the future. Right now, uh, you know, I have a, a, a four-year-old, I have a seven-year-old, and I have a eight-month-old. Right now, it's like in the morning, we got to go, right? We have a time. I hate being late. Let's go, let's go, let's go. That's probably the time that I'm like, come on, the, the most out of the whole day. And I don't want my kids <laughs> to be impacted because of that, right? Sure, we got, sure we got to someplace on time, but what about all the destruction that happened along the way to get there, especially in church on Sunday morning? <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, that's the worst time, Sunday morning. So... How we interact with our kids now, it will affect our relationship with them in the future. I want my kids to come and talk to me. I want them to be open and not feel like I'm going to yell at them or have any sort of fear that I'm going to react in a crazy way. And so how we interact with our kids, especially when they're young, it will affect our relationship as we grow older. So what does scripture say? Scripture does talk about this quite a bit. And it's very specific to this very issue, especially to dads. So what does scripture say about not becoming a mad dad? You know, what's cool is uh, there's kind of two main verses on this. And what's so fun is it's specific to men and it's universal because this is a universal man thing, right? All these, all of us, all of us dudes, all of us dads, we deal with this. I should, maybe not all, but 99% of dads deal with this issue of mad dad. We just get so frustrated or <laughs> we're like, come on, let's go. I feel like nobody's listening to us or respecting our authority. We can lose our cool so easily. And so scripture has two main verses that speak, speak directly to this, to this universal, timeless concept of helping dads not become mad dad. And the first one comes in from Colossians chapter 3. Um, so both of these are Paul, Colossians chapter 3. And I'm going to read this first one out of uh, the Living Bible. I think this is so good what it says. Um, so it says, you children must always obey your fathers and your mothers. And we said, yes, kids need to memorize that. For that pleases the Lord. Then verse 21, here's what it says. Fathers, oh, don't scold your children so much that they become discouraged and quit trying. Wow. We're going to come back to that. Don't discourage, don't scold your children so that they become too discouraged and quit trying. Man, I love that quit discouraged and quit trying. Then in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, every kid needs to memorize this because there's no way around this, right? This is what it says. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord for this is the right thing to do. Hallelujah. Amen. Honor your father and mother. See, it's even bigger than obeying. It's honoring. But you know what? Even for us adults, even us mad dads, this is still applying to us. If we still have parents in our life, even when they're dead, 
honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. So the Ten Commandments, this is the first one that comes with a promise. And here it is. The promise is, if you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life here on earth. Wow, that's a great promise. I want that. I want my kids to have that. Now, here's what it says as a direct follow-up to that. Okay, so children, you got your parts. The direct follow-up from Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 is this. Fathers, oh boy, <laughs> dads, all you mad dads, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Provoke your children to anger. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So we're going to come back to that. Discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. I feel like those are kind of the two things that, man, if we're going to drill this into our head, we're going to come back and, re- and re- talk about that and flesh that out. But it's, it's, it is discipline. There is a discipline factor, but it's also followed up directly by instruction that comes from the Lord. So we have these verses that say, don't scold your children so much that they become discouraged and quit trying. And also says, don't provoke them to anger by the way that you treat them. Don't be a mad dad. You know, when it comes to disciplining, and the reason I think a lot of us, maybe not 100%, but most of us, the reason why we get so angry with our kids and get so quick to be sharp or commanding or just rough um, is because, boy, we are upset. We feel like nobody's listening to us. You're not doing what I've asked you to do the first time right away. You're not honoring me, and we got stuff to do. Or I told you to do it right now. I'm not doing this back and forth thing. And we get so sharp with that. And so kind of I think the first kind of takeaway this, uh, out of this is don't discipline out of anger, right? Don't bring discipline because we're angry, because they've shown us disrespect or they've hurt us, whether it's emotionally or just in the respect of the order of, of a family. Um, don't discipline out of anger. The point of discipline is to teach and to restore the relationship. You know, when our kids do something to us or even to our spouses, um, it damages the relationship. When they do something that's sinful, you know, it breaks trust or it's dishonoring, um, it's lying, you know, all, whatever it is, it's it's not, it, it's breaking the relationship. So discipline, the whole point is to restore it, to teach kids why this is wrong and then to bring re- restoration to the relationship. When we feel upset, and it can be hard, right? When you're feeling emotional and you're just it just comes out of you, like the Hulk here, <laughs> if you just feel that, uh, when it comes out, really what discipline should be, they should be teaching moments. You know, there's kind of four stages of parenting. We're not going to go through all of them, but um, kind of the early ones are with our kids. They're like, they just need to be disciplined and sometimes not even told why. Like my son, Colin, he wants to pull everything down and whatever. And we're not disciplining him, but he needs to be directed. Yeah, you can't play with this. And he's not going to understand now, but... As it continues to get older, you know, birth through age three, four, five, it's kind of just telling them, you can't do this. You can't jump off the bed onto the other bed. You're going to break something or break yourself, right? Um, but then when it gets to four, five, to up to 12, that's the why stage. And maybe maybe you're in that. You know, it, the point of the why stage is to explain why. Why can you not do this? Why is this harmful for you? How does this break the relationship? And so with a parent, uh, with mad dads, it's really important for us to remember, oh, boy, <laughs> instead of getting just angry and mad and just yelling and directing them, telling them exactly what to do, it's remembering, I need to instruct them. And even if there's something that's broken the relationship or, or damaged, I need to explain why it damaged the relationship and why there needs to be a consequence to help learn from this. Um, and then when you get into teenage years, there's a whole another thing about they kind of have to learn their own mistakes, right? And there's this separation and and realization for kids that there are real life consequences to our actions. And I've been explaining to you why you shouldn't do this or why you should do this. And now you kind of have to reap the benefits and consequences of yourself. So 
Discipline that beats up, it's no good. Discipline that lifts up, that brings restoration, that brings wholeness, that should be the goal of our discipline. And if we can frame our mindset to be that way, instead of I'm going to discipline to shove you down, to teach you a lesson, to like bring you back down to the level, that will go no good. But if we think of discipline in, in the terms of I'm going to discipline so that I can help raise you back up and fix this, boy, we'll be less likely to be sharp in our words or quick with it, really, or to be a mad dad. Discipline and instruction, that was the key verses that we learned about. Discipline and instruction, there needs to be discipline. Discipline is good. Discipline is scriptural. It needs to happen. It's never fun and it can be painful, but when it's done right, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. That was scripture, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. Discipline is good. If it's meant just to beat somebody down, that's going to do nothing. But if the discipline is meant to lift somebody up, it will produce a harvest of righteousness. And I want a harvest of righteousness for my kids, right? I want them to be super righteous, especially when it comes to me and how they treat me and honoring me, my favorite scripture. So discipline and instruction. Um, another way to think about this is training and correction. You know, for a lot of us guys, we're in the marketplace, we're in the business world, we're interacting with others. Maybe we have managers, we are a manager, and we can think about it in this terms of it's training and correcting instead of like discipline and I'm in charge and all that. It doesn't, it doesn't work, right? It doesn't work. It only damages the relationship when I'm in charge and so I'm going to tell you what to do. If we think about it in terms of training and correcting, it'll help so much better. So we need to correct our kids, sometimes with a look, sometimes with one word, sometimes with a timeout, sometimes with a spanking. Um, and that's, that's hard, right? That's a hard thing to do is you have to discipline your kid. Sometimes you don't know how to do it. We've got other podcasts for that. But positively, we also need to teach them, right? So the correcting feels like a negative, but the teaching is the positive to that, right? The old saying, this is going to hurt me way more than it hurts you. I don't get joy out of disciplining my kids, but we need to do it. And I want to do it the right way, not by yelling, not by being sharp, not by saying mean words to them, not being a mad dad, but instead correcting and then teaching them why. Um, teaching them and explaining why this is right and then showing them this is how we should live. This is the way that we're supposed to do it. You know, back to Ephesians, it says, you know, don't provoke them in your anger through anger or them to anger. Instead, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. That's the biblical path and methodology and how to discipline and correct our kids. Restoring the relationship, not pushing them down, lifting them up. You know, another thing that happens for a lot of us is that we give ourselves permission to yell at our kids. We would never give ourselves permission to just yell at people in public, right? Or somebody that we work with. We wouldn't treat anyone else like this, but we have given ourselves permission that I can yell at my kids. I can talk to my kids like this. <laughs> I'm dad, I'm in charge. I'm mad dad, so I can tell my kids what I want them to do exactly, how I want them to do it right now, and in whatever way I want them want to say it to them. I'm mad at them, so this is what I'm going to say to you. And we would never treat anybody else like that. So we give permission to yell at our kids, and that's damaging. You know, and that's something inside of us that we need to change, that we need to fix, that we don't give ourselves. No, I would never talk to anybody else like that. Why would I talk to, besides my wife, the most precious people in my life? Why would I give myself permission to talk like that? You know, for some kids, there's fight or flight. Um, there's not this like back and forth. And so for some kids, even the yelling, it doesn't work, right? You yell at them and there's an instant like, well, I'm going to retaliate because I feel this. I feel like I'm being attacked. So I'm going to attack back or flight. They just completely go away. 
And what does that do? That doesn't do anything to restore the relationship. And so if we can remember that and think about that, man, is this even is this even going to work? Is this even going to bring restoration or solve the things that I want to along the way? You know, when we act this way, when we are mad, dad, what it does is it causes bitterness and anger within our kids. And it, it could be hard to admit that and say, no, it's not me. But it's the truth, right? I think maybe if you have a strained relationship with your father, you would say it's because he was angry and mad all the time. When we act this way, it brings about anger and bitterness. And God the Father, um, as the head of the church, head of the body, he never treats us this way, right? As the example of what a heavenly father looks like and the perfect example of the father, Jesus is not overbearing or controlling to us. You know, he sets healthy boundaries for us and expectations. And he makes it very clear to us which paths we should take. You know, what's going to hurt us? Why? How we should do this? When we should come to him? He's always gracious to give us wisdom when we need it. Um, you know, and as the perfect example of, fa- of the Father, he's not overbearing or controlling. He gives us a lot of freedom. And again, there needs to be boundaries with kids. And the boundaries can expand as they get older. But as the example of the Father, um, he doesn't come at us with anger or accusation. In fact, Scripture says that the Holy Spirit's the opposite of that, that the enemy's the accuser, always like, this guy did this, he's so bad, and the Holy Spirit is our advocate on our side. And so, sometimes as parents, we see our kids as adversaries, right? We see them, they have harmed us, they're being annoying, (laughs) I want to just watch this football game, you kids are driving me nuts, so I'm mad dad right now, and we see them as adversaries, which we would never treat, you know, anybody else like that, but we allow, we give ourselves permission to do that with our kids. And when we think that way, there's no hope for resolution. There's no hope for restoration in that relationship then. It's almost in the terms, we don't, we, in the moment we don't think about it, but it's like Lord of the Rings in war. You got the orcs on one side, you got the people and the elves on the other side. They're going to war. There's nobody like going to kiss and make up at the end of that. That's just straight adversaries war against each other. <laughs> Whoever wins is going to be the winner. I don't want that for your family, and I know you don't want that for your family. And so we have to think, I'm not going to give myself permission to yell at my kids. It is not okay. (laughs) I'm not going to say to myself, oh, that's fine. You're in charge. You're dad. And I'm not going to look at them as adversaries or as people that are against me or harming me or or out to get me. Instead, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to instruct and teach. I'm going to correct, but I'm also going to instruct. You know, especially for dads, talking from man to man here. I mean, women, you can be listening to this too because maybe this is you, but man to man, you know, often we see compromise or negotiation with our kids as a weakness, right? We see that as, as something that like, oh, if I bend in, <laughs> they're going to take advantage of it, which they might, or they're not going to respect me, or I'm going to lose my ground as, as dad, as the head of the house. But man, and you look at Jesus, and I'm speaking to myself here. Look at Jesus. Jesus, he never held up his position of authority as the son of man over anybody's head. I mean, he came to seek and to save the lost, to serve not to be served. And so rather than, than being tools that we can use with our kids, you know, uh, willing compliance, um, you know, this compromise or negotiation or just talking things through, we want to dominate. And dominating, it, it, never, it never works. It never helps. Think about it in terms of work. If you have a boss that comes through and is just completely dominating, just tells you exactly what to do, exactly how to do it, micromanages, tells you when, where, how, and it's not nice about the communication of how to do it, boy, you don't enjoy that manager. You might be successful in getting whatever needs to be done, but you're not enjoying the journey along the way. And in the same way, how much more do you like it when a boss comes up to you and <laughs> talks through, that explains the why, it might take a little bit longer, but explains the why, is seeking out um, what you think and 
all that. Man, it just feels so much better. And you're like, but they're kids. <laughs> it's my three-year-old. I'm not going to be this, having this compromise and like, oh, it's time to get our shoes on. Oh, you want to go brush your teeth first or something? You can go. Yes, I understand what you're saying. But man, there's times when you have to be like, I have to, we have to do this right now. You have to do it. But are we doing it because you're an adversary, I have to get somewhere on time, and you're keeping me from getting there, and so I'm going to mow you down because you're taking too much time? Or is there this like, listen, kid, I want to get, I want, I want to be there on time. You are not obeying. Please, show me honor. Get your shoes on right now. We need to go. If not, then there's consequences that come, right? Not out of anger, but out of discipline, correction, and instruction. That's the example. You know, something else that can help us is recognizing your triggers. I know, triggers, right? Oh, man, I'm triggered. Yes. If you're a mad dad, you get triggered <laughs> and you have to admit it. And, um, and so recognizing what gets me so mad at my kids. For me, it's the morning. Or if there's somewhere that we have to be and there's a time and we're running late, I just, I give, my, my, I give myself permission to yell at my kids and be like, we're late. We need to go right now. You need to get your shoes on. I don't care what else, what else you're trying to say to me. Go get your shoes on right now. We need to go. You're not listening. Come on. I've told you how many times to go get your shoes on. Go get your shoes on. There's a consequence coming. Here it is. <laughs> Figure out what triggers you. For me, it's that moment. And so what do I need to do? It's like give ourselves more time. And that would help, right? Giving myself more time in the morning to get ready, doing other things that I can do to help the process, lay out clothes in the morning, um, pack lunches at night instead of in the morning and feeling so rushed, all these different things that, that I could do that. I could do that and it would make the morning so much smoother and so much easier. And so in preparation for this podcast, I have this week <laughs> waking up earlier to try and help our family be able to get out the door quicker so that I'm not a mad dad, so that my kids aren't thinking about me and being like, dude, dad is so mad. And we start the day off and he is so mad at us. Why is dad always yelling at us? So figure out what is it? Is it you're trying to watch the football game? The kids are running around. It makes you so mad because you're trying to watch this. Well, then figure out what do you need to do, right? What's going to help that situation so that they're not running like crazy. You're not feeling frustrated. You're both able to do what you want to do. Recognize what triggers you, what sets you off, and then solve it. Come up with an idea. You're a grown man or woman. Figure out what you can do to solve this and um, make sure that your family's not, not getting destroyed out of your anger because you want to do this thing. You know, and a, and a final thing, um, kind of a good, it's just a good tool. It's just a good thing to do. It's, humil it's humil humili humilifying. That's not the right word. It's humili whatever. It's bringing humility to yourself. Um, but man, you got to do it if you want to restore the relationship and keep your relationship with your kids good is apologize after you yell. Apologize after you lose your cool. When you're so mad at your kids, after you've taken a minute and you've realized you've cooled down, apologize. Do it. Do it soon too. Don't wait a day. Don't wait till later. Wait, wait later. Hours later. Do it right away. Apologize to your kids. I am sorry that I lost my cool. I'm sorry that I yelled at you and talked to you like that. I'm sorry that my words were so sharp. I'm sorry. And then explain, again, discipline and instruct. Explain, this is what was wrong. This is what I was asking you to do and made me feel frustrated. This is where I feel like you're not working with me. All that kind of stuff. Then explain to them, this is why. This is why I lost my cool. It's not okay that I lost my cool and I'm asking for your forgiveness when I lost my cool, but let's also work towards not doing this stuff again as a family. So that as a family, that you're showing honor to me, I'm not provoking you towards anger and you're hating the Lord and everything else. You know, that verse in Colossians, I'm going to read the whole thing again. Children must, they must always obey your fathers and mothers, always, for that pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not scold your children so much so that they became discouraged and quit trying. Man, I don't want to be such a mad dad that I'm so like, this is it, that they become discouraged, feeling like they can never please me. And they quit trying. 
that they feel like the Lord's always mad at them as well, that God's got this vendetta out for them, that he's a scrumpy old dude that's going to smoke them with lightning if they're not, <laughs> not doing exactly what he wants or quick enough or on time. That's not who the Lord is. And so I don't want to be that way either. I don't want to cause my kids to do that. So again, um, don't discipline out of anger. You know, discipline is there to teach and to restore the relationship. Yes, consequences need to happen. And you need to figure out what the consequences are. When you're upset, it's a teaching moment. Don't use discipline to to crush down and destroy your adversary. Instead, discipline should be able to, to lift up, to bring up. Don't give yourself permission to yell at your kids. Just like you would treat anybody else, just like you would treat people, people in the workplace, don't give yourself permission to yell at people. And if you are, if you are yelling at people in the workplace, well then, you gotta stop that too. Um, treat people the way that you would wanna be treated. How do you wanna be talked to? Talk to your kids as well like that. Your kids are people, right? Yes, as the dads, we are the head of the house. But just as Christ came to serve, not to be served, us as well, that we show our kids what our Heavenly Father looks like as a servant, that I am here to serve you kids. Right? Yeah, I'm in charge. Yeah, I set the tone for the house. Yes, there's fun things that I want to do that I'm going to do. I'm in charge of the money. I'm in charge of our time. But as a dad also, I'm here to serve you, kid. I'm here to love you. I'm here to be here however you need. So hopefully this will be helpful to you. Uh, let's pray. Let's ask for the Holy Spirit to work inside of you to continually remind you about these things that, that you've heard today, that his word would come alive. Again, that's Colossians. Colossians chapter 3, verse 20, Ephesians 6. I would encourage you to memorize that. Speak that to yourself. When you get mad, <laughs> when you yell at your kids, you know, apologize. Read these verses. Memorize them. Let them come to you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being so good to us. Thank you for not being a mad dad, that you just wipe us out after our first mistake that you are patient with us, you are kind, you have such grace and such mercy for us. God, we want to be that way too. We don't want to treat our kids mean or rough. We don't want to be sharp with them, quick. We don't want to treat them mean. And so, Father, I pray that you'd help us. Help us to be more like you. I pray that you'd help us to um, have the great thoughts and great mindsets going into um, going into our homes or in our time with our kids, that we would treat them the way that they should be treated, that we would love our kids and lead them towards you that we'd provide correction when it needs to be given, but also instruction on the ways of the Lord so that they would not be mad or upset with you, God, that they wouldn't look to our Heavenly Father as someone that's out to get them, but instead that they would so, so desperately want a relationship with you, God, that they would understand how good you are, how good your discipline and instruction is for us, that it does benefit our lives. Thank you, Father. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks so much for checking out this podcast episode. I want to encourage you, if you know a mad dad, <laughs> they need to hear this, why don't you send it over to them? Or if you have a mother that's going to smother their kids and not with like kisses and stuff, um, send this as well. We want to try and help everybody feel confident in raising their kids to have a thriving relationship with Jesus. And I know that if we have less mad dads, man, our families would be so much stronger and so much better. Hey, I want to also encourage you, please rate this podcast. If you're listening to this, just quick, scroll down two seconds. I'm telling you, it'll take two seconds. Hit that five stars. If you think it's a five star, I think it's a five star. Hit that five star. And if you want to just write a quick review, awesome. That will help other parents, other families from our church and our area uh, be able to become more like who Jesus created them to be and have a thriving relationship with Jesus. And share this. Again, share, share, share. All right. Hasta luego. We'll see you in the next episode. Hasta luego and goodbye.